We have been in a series, as I stated just a couple moments ago, about the abundant life, and we're going to continue that this morning. We've talked about some of the first introductory service was really, or the sermon was really about kind of what the abundant life is and isn't, and we kind of hit on a couple things, and then uh, we went into the abundant life. We're able to live the abundant life because we are overcomers, and we are more than conquerors, so to speak, as in Christ. Last week we talked about the abundant life as we are able to have abundant life because of the power of who God is. And this morning we are going to talk about the abundant life as God is our refuge. And so as we come into this morning and we continue to to go through this series and we're going to talk again as, as, as a refuge. And most of us would say, well, I understand what a refuge is. And I'm going to read a couple definitions. And I'm going to kind of go through some of the scripture this morning. And I want us to think about a couple things as we, as we enter and come into this. And then as we leave this morning, and I'll, I'll point some of that out. But a refuge is this. A refuge is a shelter or protection from danger or trouble. A refuge is a place that provides shelter or protection. As I looked at it in the, as a, a, a scriptural or a biblical dictionary, it said a refuge, a place of safety or protection from enemies. And then in Joshua chapter 20, in verses 7 through 9, it spoke of a refuge as literally a place, and I'll, I will read it here, um, it says this, and they appointed Kadesh in Galilee and Mount Naphtali and Shechem in Mount Ephraim and Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron, Hebron in the mountain of Judah. And on the other side, Jordan by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben and Ramoth and Gilead out of the tribe of Gad and Golan and Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger that sojourneth among them, that whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee thither and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until, the, until he stood before the congregation. You're like, oh, that's an awesome passage of Scripture. But no, I read, the, I read that passage of Scripture because this. If they were in a position of... Uh, maybe they had, they had killed somebody not out of just blatant murder or whatever, they could go to one of these places as a place of refuge. I can go to this place and I'm not going to be harmed. You've got to think, in those days, I mean, you, you stole something, you got your hand cut off. I mean, you, they're, they're serious. They, they, weren't, they didn't joke around. So if you killed somebody, you're, you're done. If you go to these places that were mentioned in this passage of Scripture, and there's other passages, but I just mentioned that one, there's these six cities that were specifically, you could go and you were safe. It was a refuge. It was a safe haven that you could go and you were, you were okay to get through until the time came or the trial came or whatever it would be. And so when we look at all of these things, and we stop and we look at our Christian life and we look at what this might be and what is a refuge in re regards to living the abundant life. This morning I feel that we have abundant life because we have a safe place to go. We have a place where we can be all alone and away from, from the norm even though we may be right in the midst of that. There is safety in knowing we have an almighty God to go to. To have a shoulder to cry on, so to speak. To know we have a God who desires nothing more than to have his children cry to him and honor him and worship him. 
in John chapter 15, and we're not going to go there this morning, but it speaks of abiding in the vine. And, and when we're plugged into the vine, and a number of months back I spoke on that, but we have that safety, we have that refuge in our Savior. And so when we come to this thought of abundant life, another thing along the, 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 the goal or whatever we're looking at with abundant life is I'm able to have abundant life because I have a refuge and a place to go. I don't know how many of you can agree with me, but as I was thinking of this in my own personal life, I thought of a natural place of refuge for me. As I was a child, I always felt safety and security inside of my home. It was a natural place for me to go. Regardless of my age, regardless of circumstance, regardless of situation, for the most part, as I was growing up, when I would go home, I knew everything was going to be okay. Here I stand as a 33-year-old man. When I go to my parents' house, I still feel I'm safe, I'm comfortable, I'm secure. I can just be Aaron inside of my parents' home. Hopefully, maybe you had the similar experience when you knew when I was at home, everything is okay. The world is crashing down, the, everything may be bad, everything may be rocky, but when I stepped foot in that door, when I sat on that couch, it was as if, it's okay, it's okay. I can think of many times where maybe, now there was moments when it wasn't that way, just so you know. I'll never forget coming home after doing some things that I probably shouldn't have done in the neighborhood. We lived in a, an allotment, and so there was not like here, you know, where you, there was, we had empty lots. And so as homes were built, I was a child, and we would have fun at the homes that were being built. And, and after I put my name in someone's concrete, I was told I was not allowed to go to those houses anymore. Well, I remember the next time that I went to that house, when I came home, it wasn't a refuge. It just wasn't. My dad had this paddle. We have a spoon in our house. We didn't have a spoon in our house when I was a kid. We had a paddle. And I don't know, I'm assuming he built, he carved it out of wood, two by four. I don't know what it was, but he had a handle and there was a paddle and it was, it was used in our home. Not as much on me because I was a good child, but on my sister, it was used a lot. But nonetheless, on this particular moment, it wasn't a refuge when I walked into the home and I got the, you know, I thought you weren't supposed to do this anymore. In typical fashion, then we go and I got to do that. I don't know why I'm telling you this story, but I'm telling you this story. I got to do this last night. I don't say I got to. I I had this opportunity last night when my child thought he was not going to go to bed. And in our home, you go to bed. If you get out of bed, you get a little swat. Well, here I am. I'm going to be, Child Protective Services are going to meet me at the door. Here I am. Mindy looks at me. It's my turn. I get up. Isn't that great? It's our turn. We have turns, whoever. But when I get up, I go into the bedroom, and, and I looked at Mindy, and I said, I guess I need to give him a real spanking. 
Because it was last week, he looked, at, he looked at me and he said, Daddy, Mommy gave me a real spanking. I said, I don't know what a real spanking is, but he got it. So whatever that was. But so I go in, I grab the spoon, and I put him on the bed. I roll him over, sit on his belly, and I, I didn't sit on his belly. I put him on his stomach, and I swat his butt. Yeah, I sat on him, and then I did it. But no, I, I put him on his stomach, and I swat his backside. And I left the room, and I go, I looked at Mindy, and I go, well, what do you do when you didn't do it hard enough? He didn't cry. What's the point of giving someone a swat when they don't even cry? And I'm like, well, I guess I could have just done it. Have you ever, come on, have you ever went to spank your child and you thought you did it one way and all of a sudden you're like, that was weak. So I don't know why I'm sharing you that story, but I'm sure that was last night in my home. But nonetheless, there's moments in our homes, and I think you understand that it's not so refuge-like where you're like, okay, I just want to leave because I know I'm done, I'm dead. But for the most part in my home, outside of when I have disobeyed, that was a place where I knew I could go, and that was comfortable. There was times as a child into my teen years that I would go and I would sit on the edge or on the side of the bed with my mom or my dad, and I would cry. That was a safe place to be. And as I think of my adult life, and as I think now there's children in my home, and, and I, I desire for my children outside of those moments where they've done wrong, but I desire for my children that this is a place where I know that I'm okay. I know it's okay to come home and, and dad and mom are there and they love me and I'm, I'm safe in my home. That is a desire of my heart, that they have a refuge in my house, in my home. I think of even when I come home at, after work or whatever it would be, and, and my, my oldest ones are kind of beyond this stage more now, but my youngest, my son, is, is at that point when dad comes home, he wants to run and give you a hug. The other ones are like, okay, hey, dad, didn't know you were gone. But EJ's at the stage now where he's, he runs and he can give you those big hugs and he wraps his arms around my legs. And it may be just for a second, but I, I love taking my kids and giving them that hug. And I pray that they'll always feel there's a safety and a security in the arms of dad. And I pray that they'll always feel there's a safety, there's a refuge in our home. I pray as a church, we feel that as we walk into the doors of Oasis Baptist Church, this is a place that's a safe place, it's a refuge, it's a place that I can come free from the world, so to speak, and free from the things that I went through this week or whatever it would be, and I can pour my heart out. Maybe it's something you can come and you can bawl your eyes out on a stage or on, the, on the, the altar or whatever that would be, but it's a safe place, it's a refuge. Why? Because God is that to us, or God should be for us. And because of that, I can have an abundant life. And so as I'm thinking this morning and as I was thinking through writing this sermon and going through all these things, knowing what a refuge was, correlating it to my personal home today and putting it back as a child and putting it in my home as a child, thinking of our church and, and desiring that this would be a place that our community would come, there is nothing, I've heard this from people, and there is nothing that makes me 
more happy, proud, excited. I don't know what you want to put there, but there's people that rent our gym on a daily basis. And I've heard from more than one of the coaches that come in and say, it's a safe place where our kids can come play volleyball. Man, that makes me just go, thank you, Jesus. Because I want our community to think and to know that this is a place. It's not just a school. It's not just a building. This is, this is, a, ref, this is a place that, that people can come and there's safety and there's something here that's not out there. And I don't know if those kids go to the YMCA and those coaches tell the YMCA, this is a safe place that we can come. And I don't know if they go to the public schools that they rent from. I don't know all that. But I know when they come here and they say, this is a safe place and I'm so glad you guys opened this place up to us. Man, that makes me, that just, it, it fulfills me a little bit. It makes me go, man, that is why we do what we do. That's a part of it is that people can come and feel safe and feel secure inside of our building at Oasis. And so as we look and as we continue to to go forward into this message, it is my goal this morning to answer this one question with every point that we go through. What is it in this passage of Scripture in Psalms chapter 46, what is God saying about being our strong refuge? And so as we go this morning, I want you to think of that that question, what is God saying about being our strong refuge? As we look at every point, as we go through this passage of scripture. So if you would go with me to Psalms chapter 46. In Psalm chapter 46, we're going to read this whole passage of scripture. And then we're going to go back and I'm going to kind of take it and do a little bit of a dissecting to it, but to make it personal to us in our state and where we are today. Psalm chapter 46 In verse number one says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. Verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Father, I come to you this morning and I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are our refuge, a very present help in our trouble, in our storm. Father, I pray as we go through your word, I pray as as I speak, Father, it would not be me, but it would be you. Lord, I pray that if there's one that's hurting this morning, that maybe today they would be encouraged. 
I pray if there's one that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that this morning they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Father, I ask all this in your name. Amen. Psalm chapter 46, the abundant life refuge. Point number one is this, in his protection, we feel safe and secure. And so as we look at Psalm 46 and we look at this passage of scripture and it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God as our refuge, God as our strength has engaged to be so. He has came to to be that. He will ever be that. David, the psalmist, declared that God is the refuge. He is our shelter from danger. Not only is he our shelter, he is our strength. Think about this. As I was studying and as I was reading, this, this, one of the things that came up, it said, David was amazed at the ignorance of evildoers who think they can freely devour God's people. Their wickedness is pronounced in their vicious attack on his people. They are oblivious to the fact that God will overwhelm them because in attacking the people of God, they are attacking God. He is present in the midst of his people. As I was thinking of that, as I was reading, and as I was, I was going through this whole thing and reading the different commentaries and different things and studies that I had read, that thought just jumped out at me. People, I, we live in a society that is doing everything it can to pretty much take God out of everything. God out of, we can't pray in Jesus' name, and we can't do this, we can't do that, and we kind of understand. We, hopefully you've turned on the news at some point in the last 10 years. You've seen that. But what we have to understand as Christians, they don't understand the world doesn't understand. The world is ignorant. The world is blinded by, this, by Satan. And it says that he is, he is that. He blinds our eyes. He does all those things. And so when they do these things, and though we take it and we look at it as personal, and we, and we should, they don't understand it. They don't get that when they attack a man of God, or when they attack a church, or when they attack all of these things, they're not just attack. you can attack me, that's fine. The reality is, though, when we attack a Christian for their Christian stance and for who they are as a believer, we didn't just attack an individual, we now have attacked God. And we don't see it in maybe the, the same way that they did in the Old Testament, where there was things that were pretty, boom, I mean, God was pretty serious. Noah's Ark wasn't just a little fable. It it happened. When we look at the plagues, they weren't just a story that we read. It happened. And so when we look at all these things, the the evil that was done wasn't necessarily done to the children or to to us as individuals. It's, It's not only that, it's done unto God as well. And so when I was looking at this and I was reading this, I'm thinking, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. When I read this and I think of that, there's a little comfort in knowing that it's not necessarily what I can do to come back at you. It's not necessarily what you can do to combat and go back at somebody else who is saying, well, you can't say God or you can't do this or make fun of you because you're this or you're that. The reality is, is 
I have to live my Christian life. I have to live the faith that God has given me. I have to do all those things. And in the end, God is my refuge. God is the strength. God is the one that's going to be getting me through all those things. God's the one that's carrying me. And they're not fighting me. They're fighting him. And so as we look at this and as we we go through this idea of, of refuge and the wicked will be in great dread when the Lord judges for the persecution of his own. They may frustrate our lives. They may frustrate the lives of God's people for a time, but those people will be vindicated because they trust in the Lord, their refuge. God is our refuge. In Proverbs chapter 18, Proverbs 18, it states, and I think it's up on the screen, but in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. We have a place to go. We have a comfort. We have a place that we can go and feel safe and feel secure. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it. Let me ask you this. Are you oppressed by troubles? Have we work to do and the enemies are grappling with us? Can I say that God is our strength? God is your strength. He's there to bear you up. He is there to to put you under his wings. He's there to, to do all those things. Are you in distress? He is a help to do all for us which we need, a present help in our time of trouble. It's encouraging to me to think of God as that. In Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 16, it says this, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. That's that's my God. God being the stone. He's not just a stone. He's been tried He's a cornerstone. He's a sure foundation. He is the help. One that is there for every situation. He's not just a help. He's a help that is sufficient. A help that will give us and accommodate us to every circumstance, to every situation that we are in. In verse number 2 it says, Therefore will not we fear... Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof rage and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. As we look at this, as we think of this, Jesus Christ, God being our refuge. He's our strength. He's our present help in trouble. It says in this passage of scripture and in this passage, it's it's talking about Jerusalem. He's talking about God being a, a protector of Jerusalem. And so as we look at this, it says, though... We fear, or therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, the mountains be carried into the sea, the waters roar, be troubled, the mountains shake. Hey, in the midst of all of those things, he says, I am your refuge. When everything falls apart. When everything flips upside down. David is writing and David is saying that. Hey, though the mountains be carried into the sea. Though the waters will roar. 
The mountains will shake. God is our refuge. God is the triumph. God is the victor. God is the only one. If God can be for us, we know this passage, but who can be against us? It is our duty, it is our privilege to be fearless. It is an evidence of a clear conscience, of an honest heart, and of a lively faith in God and His providence and promise. We can trust, we can give, we can go through when everything else is all around us crashing in. We can say, God, you are my refuge, just as I did as a child when I would go sit at home and I would say, ah, today was a bad day at school. I didn't like my teacher. She did this or she did that. And my friend said this or my friend said that. When I got home, I knew I was okay. There was safety, there was security, there was comfort, there was peace. And when I knew many times when I would cry and when things weren't good and I would go to my mom or dad's room and I would sit on the edge of bed and I would wrap my arms around one of them, there was safety and there was security in that there was a refuge in my home, no matter the shaking that was going around me. In our lives today, we have that same exact thing. And though it may not be in a physical place, Jesus Christ, God is our refuge, that strength in the midst of all of those things. Why can I live the abundant life? Why can I have a a joy and a peace and a comfort and all those things and not understanding? I don't know what tomorrow holds. God says that in Scripture, right? For we don't know what tomorrow will hold. But we know who holds the future. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know that if I am allowing Him to be my refuge, I can sit in the palm of His hand and He can take and He can control. And though the world around me seems to be falling apart, and though everything seems to be going in a direction I don't understand, there I am right in the palm of his hand, right in the midst of his hands. And it's okay. It's okay. That should bring us peace. That should bring us comfort. That should give us a little bit of an oomph to live that abundant life. Because why? When those around us are, are falling in, when... When, when people are attacking, when things are not going the way that we wish that they would go, and when all of that stuff comes in and, and caves in, God is our refuge. God is the strength. God is the one that has us in the palm of his hand and says, No, Aaron, Aaron, stop. It's okay. It's okay. Dad's got you. Have you ever went to your children's room in the middle of the night when they woke up from a nightmare or anything like that, and you just wrap your arms, you... you I do it often. And I'll grab my kids, I'll sit them up, and I'll hold them, and I'll say, it's okay. Daddy's got you, you're okay. And then maybe I'll say a little prayer into their ear and let them and then put them back to bed, but what I grab them, I hold them, and I let them know, it's okay, settle down. You know how kids are. To them, they woke up in the middle of a night. You've had nightmares as an adult, and you're like, well, you wake up all startled. Well, a four-year-old wakes up, they don't, they don't get startled. They scream. And they need somebody to just hold them. Because they didn't understand it was a nightmare. 
But dad was able to get down and dad was able to grab him. Or mom is able to go in and grab him and say, hey, it's okay. We're here. It's okay. God says that same thing. When the, when the waters roar and the, everything is crashing in around us, God just says, I am the refuge. So as we look at this, that first point this morning, in his protection, we feel safe and secure. What does God say about being our strong refuge? God's giving us safety. God's giving security because he is our protector. He is the one that allows us to have that protection. He is the one that gives us that thing. The second point as we continue this morning is in his presence is comfort, peace, and understanding. Not only, as we just read in the first three verses, is he our protection, but he is in the presence. He is in, it is his presence that is our comfort. It is his presence that gives us peace. It is his presence that gives us understanding. In verse 4 it says, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, the heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. But what does it say right in there in verse number five? God is in the midst of her. We just saw how God is a refuge, a place of safety and security, a place of protection. But we're going to take a look here that it is also a protection, or it is also amazing to think or to know that we have his presence with us. In the midst of that river is what's, be, what's being said there. And if you go through scripture, and I'm not going to for the sake of, of time, but all throughout scripture, in the Old Testament it speaks of it, in the New Testament it speaks of it, but there's so many times where God uses the, the analogy of a, of a river or of water. We know in the, in the New Testament it speaks of living water. It speaks of all of these different things. In the Old Testament, it speaks of a number of different things and in Isaiah and, and in other passages. But the stream that is flowing, the psalmist observed that the peace of Jerusalem, the city of God with the holy place where God dwelt, was secured by God. The Lord's presence was like a peaceful flowing river. If we were, and I don't know, do you have this on the screen? I don't remember what verses I gave you, but in, in Isaiah chapter 8, in verse number 6, it says, God, is that right? There we go. For as much as, the, as this people refuses the waters of Shiloh that go softly and rejoice in Rezin and Ramallah's son, it says there in, in chapter 8 and verse number 6 that, that there was a peaceful river that the children of Israel basically ignored. And in the next passage, it speaks of a, a river that was just, uh, just tumultuous and, and, and overbearing almost. But in this passage of scripture, it speaks that there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High, God is in the midst of her. 
So it goes from saying in verse 3, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and the swelling thereof, yet there is a river, and the streams shall make glad the city of God. In the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of the trouble where it speaks of in verses 2 and 3 that the earth would be removed and the mountains being carried away in the sea and the waters roar and the waters are raging. In verse 4 it says there is a river. And in the midst of all of the rage and in the midst of the sea and in the midst of the mountains moving and in the midst of all of these things, there is God in the midst. There is God in the, the midst of that giving us that peace giving us that comfort. The covenant of grace is the river. The promises of which are the streams of the, or the spirit of grace is that river. In John chapter 7 and verses 38 and 39, it says this, In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If a man, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He is that river. He is that comfort, which are the streams that make glad the city of our God. God's word and the ordinances are in many times rivers and streams with which God makes his saints glad in cloudy and dark days. The streams that make glad the city of God are not rapid, but gentle. As it said there in Isaiah 8, like those of Siloam. You know, as we, we look at all of this stuff, and we, we dive through Scripture, and many times we... We try to make sense of what it's saying and how and, and when and where and how does this all fit together. When we take and look at God being our refuge, in the midst of the fear or in the midst of the mountains being removed, the earth being removed, the mountains and all of those things, and we just stop, as I stated earlier, when I just sat at home in my mom's bed and said, God, or Mom, I, I don't understand, and she would wrap her arms around me. She was, in essence, that peaceful calm, that river that God is speaking of in the midst of here in Jerusalem, that, hey, there's a river that's flowing, I'm in the midst of it. In my home to my children when they wake up in the middle of the night and they're scared. Or at my home when my kids come home and they're not happy from a day at school and somebody made fun of them or whatever that would be. I am, so to speak, that peace, that, that river that flows that God wants to be for all of us. Have you ever just stopped? And in the midst of your circumstance, trial, whatever it would be, and truly felt a peace and a comfort, that river, God in the midst of it just saying, hey, it's okay. It's okay. When I was in Virginia and we were in school, there was many times we would go up into the mountains and we would there was waterfalls, and there was all those different things, but you just sit. Have you ever just sat by a peaceful river and just gone, oh, man, listen to the trickle? There's just something peaceful about that. Well, God is that. 
And when our, when our world is crashing in, and when all of those things are crashing in, God is telling the children of Israel, God is telling the city of Jerusalem at this point in time in this passage of Scripture, hey, I am that peaceful river that flows. Hey, it's going to be okay. It's, it's all good. Because why? Because I'm going to fix it? No. But because God is allowing me to have that calm. God is allowing me to have that comfort. God is allowing me to, to feel that and to, to be able to ex- experience that thing. Though heaven and earth are shaken, yet God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God has assured his church of a special presence with her and concern for her. His honor is embarked in her. He has set up his tabernacle in her and has undertaken the protection of it. And therefore, she shall not be moved. You know, I... As I was reading this, I couldn't help but think of our church and think of circumstances and things that have taken place. But God said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. And though things take place and though things are shaken up, it's not up to you or me to build it. It's not up to you or me to do certain things. God is in the business of keeping this place safe. He wants and died for this. The church, for people to come together, to worship, to give Him their all, to do all those things. God is that, that calm, that stream, that all of those things. And in, in And when we look at it in the sense of our personal lives, he is that. When we look at it in the sense of our church, it will not be destroyed. It will not be removed as the earth may be. The church shall shall survive the world and be in bliss when the rest is in ruins. It is built upon a rock is what it said. And I just read some of that passage scripture. But it is built upon a rock and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. And as we come through this second point here this morning, God wants to be our refuge. As I stated in verse number one, as he is our protector. Or in in first point. In our second point, in his presence, he gives us comfort, peace, and understanding as that river flows through. And he gives us that calm And he gives us the peace and that comfort. What is God saying about our our strong refuge based on this passage of scripture? God is letting us know that in his presence we have the peace, comfort, and joy because of the refuge that he provides. And last point this morning, it is in his work that he is exalted. In verse number 8, come behold the work of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow he, and, and cutteth the spear in, in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. 
the God of Jacob is our refuge. As we look at this last point this morning in these last few verses of Scripture, come behold the works of the Lord. They are to be observed and to be sought out. All the operations of providence must be considered as the works of the Lord and His attributes and purposes must be taken notice in them. Take notice of the desolations He has made in the earth among the enemies of His church who thought to lay the land of Israel desolate. Go look at, just look throughout the whole Old Testament and look at how God took and took care of His own and how God would slew or slay this over here and God would slay this over here and God would take care of this over here and take care of that over there and in the midst of his work he would be exalted. The church and the Lord in our day and age are under attack. And let me say this, it is not our job to do anything more than what he has called us to do. What has he called us to do? What has he called the church to do? Go and make disciples. I can't do anything about the news media and how they present God and the gospel. I can't do anything about our president and about the people that are elected officials other than vote according to Christian standards and put people into office according to how God would desire me to vote. I can't do anything beyond that. I, I, I can present what I feel is the right thing to present, and I can stand up for what I need to stand up for, but the end of the story, the bottom line, whatever you want to look at it is this. We as a church, we as a Christian, the only thing that we can do is live the life that God's called us to live. And what are we called to do? Go and tell and make disciples, period. Outside of that, we can't do anything. I can't change Washington. I can't change perspective. The only way that we change perspective is by going and doing and sharing and bringing more in so that they can go and do and share and fulfill what God's called us to fulfill. In the midst of His work, He is exalted. And as we look at this, and all of these things came, and He, behold the works of the Lord, it says, what? Be still and know that I am God, for I will be exalted among the heathens. I will be exalted in the earth. I can't do anything. I read it last week in Exodus chapter number 14. And in Exodus 14, I'll read it again real quick, but it states in Exodus 14, not 10. In Exodus chapter number 14, we stated this last week, but what was it? And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. And as you continue to go down, it states why. And it says, Of course, I wasn't planning on going to this passage, but it says that he will be exalted. In 18, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When we look at these things and when we go through all of this stuff and we look at what we're talking about with being a refuge, all that we talked about, all that God did was to do one thing, that He would be exalted. We are to allow God to be our refuge. Why? So that He can be exalted. 
Church, Oasis Baptist Church is to allow God to be our refuge so that He can be exalted. When we come through the storm on the other end, I was just sitting here with the gentleman who came and visited for just a second before he left. He said, you praise Him before the storm, you praise Him in the midst of the storm, and you praise Him after the storm. We have to exalt Him in all things. But when we allow Him to be the refuge, when we allow Him, as last week we spoke, to be that power, He gets the exaltation. He gets the praise. He is the only one. In the midst of the work, He is exalted. Listen. Church, when we... Just you as an individual. When we as individuals do what God, God, what God, what God has called us to do. He is our refuge. He is exalted. And guess what? I don't care what the government says. I'm going to read God's word. I'm going to study God's word. I'm going to share God's word. I'm going to do those things. It's not about what they're doing. It's about me living my life, sharing. Listen, you know what negativity does? It destroys a lot of things. But you know what destroys negativity? Positivity and doing something right. You know what will stop a whole lot of stuff around our valley when it comes to Christianity? Let's go share somebody. Let, let me tell you something. You don't have a whole lot to, to complain about when we watch people walk down an aisle and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. What are we going to do? Oh, man, there's too many people that got saved. What are we going to complain about then? But what do we got to do? We got to go and we got to watch God. We got to allow God to be the refuge. We got to allow God to be that thing so that he can get exalted. Otherwise, we get the exaltation. And when you and I get exaltation, guess what happens? It crumbles and falls because it's not about us. It's about him. When my refuge is myself, when my refuge is in you, it doesn't last. When my refuge is in him, when God is my refuge and my strength and a very help, a present help in my trouble. Therefore will not I fear, though the earth be removed, and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Make it personal. As we look at this, God will be exalted in the midst of his work. It says in verse number 10, or in verse 9, He maketh wars to cease unto the end, and break in the earth, he breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder and burneth the chariot in the fire. It says, though all those things may happen, be still and know that I am God, for I will be exalted. I preached it last week. Though the children of Israel were going and they were going and they were going and in one direction it was the water and in the other direction it was the, the, the Egyptian army that was about to tackle them and about to get them and they were all going to be dead and what are we going to do? Why do we come all the way here to die? Moses says, be still and watch the salvation of our God. And in Psalm chapter 46, David says, though everything crumbles about us, though everything, come behold the works of the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. 
Listen, I want my home to be a refuge for my children, but I pray to God that they never think that dad is the one that gives them ultimate refuge. I was taught from a young age, it wasn't mom and dad who were my strength and my refuge, it was Christ. Though I felt comfort in the midst of my home, Listen, church, I want you to feel comfortable as you come to this place. I want you as an individual to feel that this is a safe place and that God is being exalted and God is being lifted up and God is doing some neat things. But I pray you never get to a place that it's this place that is your refuge. You can be at home. It's God that is your refuge. It's not this place that is your refuge. God is our refuge. It's not because I have a walk with God. It's because you have a walk with God and he becomes your refuge. It's all of those things. He then is exalted. Not me. Not me. Not you. Be still. And know that I am God. For I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the, in the earth. For the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Church, individual this morning, why am I able to have an abundant life? I've stated from the beginning That yeah, part of the abundant life is peace and joy and comfort. Do you know where peace and joy and comfort lies? With Christ as my refuge. With Christ as my refuge. Because there's safety. There's security. I can have peace. That is where it's at. Why can I have abundant life? Why can you have abundant life? The abundant life is given to us when we say, God, as I sat, I did it last week, I sat right here and I said, I fought what I can fight, I can't do anymore. The children of Israel were stuck against the water, they were stuck against the Egyptian army. And he said, Allow me to fight for you. Individual, church, stop. Allow God's arms to wrap us. Allow God to hold you when everything's crashing and crumbling all around us. Because He is the refuge, He is our strength. So as we go to close this morning, what does God say about being our strong refuge? When we allow him to be the refuge, we see his mighty work at hand and we see and feel that safety and security. We are then able to have the abundant life that Christ desires for us. As Christ is our refuge this morning, as we look at this passage of scripture that we just read, He is our protection. He is in the midst of our presence, giving us that comfort. And as he works, as we're still, he is exalted.